Blog Talk Radio. Hold on a minute. You know, it's been a minute since I've done two shows in a row and had the energy to do so. So, <clears throat> let's start my shit off right, shall we? Yeah. Let's do it. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. gentlemen to the must listen of the wrestling podcast world sorry no one going all you know <clears throat> Mike Mizan in here actually that sounded very smartish welcome ladies and gentlemen it's the one the only who the fuck else Brian Rails and tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I do have the energy to rant, rave, beseech, plead, beg, use any adjective because I'm just feeling that random tonight. So tonight marked the beginning of the NXT's annual Dusty Rhodes Classic with featuring random tag teams, Zach Gibson and his tag team partner, Drake. James Drake, I should say. And although there are unknown tag teams going up against formidable tag teams, that's all a setup, right? It is. It is. I'm getting Facebook messages about Spencer Slade. I'm getting Facebook messages about who my next guest may be. Guarantee you, you won't know because that's the beauty of Wrestle Radio Network. But this. Ladies and gentlemen, is off the rails uncensored. So let me start off by by going in order with all you people messaging me on Instagram and Facebook. This is kind of hectic. By the way, if you do want to do that, it's Wrestle underscore Radio on Instagram at Brian Rails on Twitter and on Facebook Wrestle Radio Network forward slash Facebook dot com. Okay, folks, we're going to go in order tonight. NXT. I'm going to start with you first because it's going to be fairly easy to review. 
So, you people messaging me on Facebook, I love you to death, but it's kind of interfering with moi's ability to do the show. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> NXT results tonight. So, Finn Balor comes out and he says that I'm the champion. And it's a pleasure being the NXT champion. Uh, and then gets interrupted by Pete Dunne and Orny Lorcan and Danny Birch. And then there was an attempted beatdown on behalf of the NXT champion. Then Undisputed came out to save Finn Balor. Kyle O'Reilly, again, was not medically cleared, quote-unquote. And Undisputed entered themselves into the Dusty Classic versus Orny Lorcan and Danny Birch. So, let's see what happened tonight. From the Capitol Wrestling Center, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, fitting undisputed heirs Adam Cole and Roderick Strong, and grizzled young veteran Ever Rise. Okay, that's the name. Gargano faced Dexter Lewis tonight, and Candice LeRae and Shotzi Blackheart went one on one. Okay, there's a video package about the Dusty Cup. It's called the NSK versus Swerve, and I'm sorry, but MSK did make it. You know, they did make a pop tonight, but I'll get later. I will get to them later. Shotzi Blackheart versus Candice. Of course, India Hartwell's there. Or India Hartwell. So, there's a distraction. Candice LeRae versus Shotzi Blackheart. And Candice LeRae, yes, I know that, my friend, you're handing me the same notes twice. <clears throat> so, off the distraction from India Hartwell, Candice LeRae picks up the victory. Okay, you know that's the you guys are messaging me and I'm getting distracted, but you know that's the beauty of being able to multitask, ladies and gentlemen. Candlestick Array won the first match. Let me get it focused here. Uh, the NXT champion is in the ring, so I already covered that promo with Finn Balor in the ring and saying how he's champion. Kenzie Mitchell interviews Johnny Gargano. He's thrilled by Candace's win. So tonight was basically a heel-heavy night, man. Uh, let's see. A grizzled young veterans beat Everize. Don't know who they are, but they did. They did give Zach Gibson and James Maverick a run for their money. General Manager William Regal welcomes the team. Let's see. Matt Martell and Chase Parker. Okay, never mind. Grizzled Young Veterans beat Everrise via pinfall for the Dusty Cup. They move on to the next round of the Dusty Cup Classic video recap. Okay, Raquel Gonzalez. Again, I'll get to that later, and I will reiterate what I thought Raquel Gonzalez could have done better. Trust me, she could have done a lot better. Uh, Let's see here. After the break, Gargano versus Loomis. Loomis ended up losing an interference spot by... Yours there's truly Austin Theory, who's doing a phenomenal job as a fucking heel, dude. He just that kid can work. Um, although after the match, though Loomis and Kushida, that, that's an interesting pairing for NXT's Dusty Cup Classic. I have a fucking feeling. And then uh, let's see, Mitchell catches up to Maxi's trio. Danny Burch says the era still thinks they run this place, but everyone is fighting for a shot. So are you a heel or a face, Birch? 
to be honest with you, those two had a hard time until McAfee and Dunn came along. And uh, I will get that. I will get to that assessment later as well about that group in general. Wade Bear interviewed Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher, which it seemed a bit. Ooh, how do I put this? It seemed a bit off, if you will. Ciampa did a great job of uh, zoning in and keeping in character. Thatcher looked a little, you know. You know, he didn't look out of place. He just, it's just, I don't know. Thatcher seems to me like uh, not out of his element, but at the same time, uncomfortable sitting down for a very period of time to do a promo with Ciampa. And that's the way it felt. It felt forced just a little bit. Okay. Isaiah Swerve Scott and Jake Atlas versus MSK. MSK? What the fuck? Okay, so now all of a sudden noobs can get on NXT and prove their point. All right, that's that's cool, I guess. They're trying to mirror their competitions, make sure they're not predictable. I get it. Uh, video package: Ember Moon, Shotzi. So they're having a women's tag team. Dusty Rhodes. That's cool. So. So Scarlett comes on video and talks about taking out Damian Priest the previous week. Xylee versus... So she's basically being built to be strong. I don't know who is she. Is she challenging Io Shirai? Ah, okay. Rizongo versus Undisputed Era. For the Dusty Cup Classic. So... Undisputed Era beat Brazongo via pinfall. You know, it's funny. I don't ever see or feel that Undisputed Era has ever been healed. They have always been not tweener, dude. There's no fucking way. I'm sorry, folks, if I seem delayed. I'm answering all your questions that I can for the first time in a while on the Instagram for uh, Russell underscore radio and also been answering questions on Facebook. So if I seem a bit delayed, it's because I'm answering questions uh, that I did not answer while Spencer was on the horn with me. Anyways, let's move on to AEW's New Year's Bash. Must cover everything and anything, okay? So... Okay. Where's my notes on this one? Let's see here. New Year's Bash AEW. AEW reveals cards for New Year's Smash Night. Oh, Smash. Sorry. I did say Bash or Smash. It didn't matter. Once, so they have part one and part two. Isn't that kind of stealing a concept? But who cares? Some people do. AEW presents specials for the next two weeks. New Year's Smash Night 1 and 2 should be should be big episodes. They announced a few matches for each card during their holiday batch event. Company reveal Omega will take on Phoenix. Eddie Kingston will... Okay, Hager 
will also take on Wardlow December 30th. Okay, is this what I think it is? Was it New Year's Bash? Yeah, see, this is old. That's night one. Night two. God bless it. December, okay, not New Year's Bash. Thank God. New Year's Bash versus New Year's Evil should have been the title, folks. AEW Dynamite results tonight. So, you know, I was right. AEW results, highlights, and winners' reactions for January 13, 2021. New Year's Smash Night 2. So, ha! I wasn't off the cuff. I wasn't going crazy. Let's see here. Um, please feel free to refresh this page for constant updates while the show is airing, blah, blah, blah. So the card night as follows. AEW TNT title, Darby Allen versus Brian Cage. The NWA Women's World title, Serena Deeb versus Tay Conti. Um, I'm just going to say it, folks. Um, the women's division in AEW is an absolute joke. And they're not, they're the only talent they can work. No, the fuck they can't. Outside of a few people, like, who would I describe as a very talented woman on there, aside from Britt Baker, aside from Brandy Rhodes? Literally, fucking no one. And that's not a diss on them, but fucking Christ. What a joke. And how? I'll get into specifics later on during Off the Rails. Uncensored. <clears throat> FTR, Dax Hardwood, and Cash Wheeler versus Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt. <clears throat> Eddie Kingston versus Pac. Miro versus Chuck Taylor. The Elite will be in action. Dr. Britt Baker's waiting room with Cody Rhodes. The Inner Circle reveal their New Year's resolutions. Eddie Kingston versus Pac is the curtain jerk. Wow. And he lays into more kicks, blah, blah, blah. The battle top, Pac hits a suplex. He follows up with a basement drop kick and the black arrow for the win. So, wow, Pac actually won. And it was nine minutes and 35 seconds. Uh, okay. The factions stare each other down. So Lance Archer enters and runs off Kingston and crew. Pac and Archer made it clear that they are not on the same page. So Chuck Taylor versus Miro. If Miro wins, Taylor will be his butler until after Kip and Penelope's wedding. Taylor clotheslines Miro to the floor and sends him into the barricade. Uh, Miro misses and charges and collides with the ring spot. Da, da, da. Okay, who won? Miro, three minutes and 27 seconds at the camel clutch. Jason Gonzalez is with Matt Hardy in private party. Private party is excited about their contract. They get into an argument. Hardy tells them off. The inner circle make their way to the ring. Jericho promises a huge year for the group. Yikes. Okay, so Alex Marvis is with Dark Order. Evil Uno says that next week, Hangman will team with the Dark Order. They bring Hangman into the room. Reynolds wants to know when he'll let them know about his decision to join the Dark Order. Hangman responds he will decide that after the match next week. Jason Gonzalez is with Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Don Callis suggests letting the Young Bucks have their own entrance. 
about music that's the same shit as Booker T complaining about the end of anyways Kenny Omega, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows versus Brian Pillman Jr., Griff Garrison and Danny Limelight Chazzy Omega with some quick offense but runs into a clothesline from Gallows so let me see here I knew this was going to happen though Omega, Anderson and Gallows with the magic killer on Limelight 9 minutes and 33 seconds after the magic out to confront Omega and the good brothers Moxley eventually falls victim to the numbers game but Lucha Brothers make the save <clears throat> Okay, Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler versus Jurassic Express the Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt so it's a Jurassic Express showcase some double team offense Marco takes out FTR and what's the main thing FTR big rig on Marco cool Marco Stungabi. The women's match, Sarita Deeb is a good, she's a good wrestler. Take Hanchi, uh, kind of carried on from WWE, and I've seen some of her matches, not that great. So I'm guessing that uh, Deeb won this match. Why do people cut off articles? I hate you, I hate you. I hate you so much that I have to click on another link. That's a long extension from all of us to you. Sorry, I'm using the tune of Animaniacs. Watched it earlier. AEW. <laughs> no, I need the results for tonight, my friend. Aha, e wrestling news. Please be. Please be my. Okay, let's see who who's in the main event. FTR. Why is they still going? I think they are still going. Okay, this is the highlights winners for the 13th uh, New Year's Smash. Okay, um, I believe so they're still going, folks. So that is the live results <clears throat> of AEW's New Year's Smash. For more results, you can watch live on TNT for the main event between Darby Allen and Brian Cage with Taz. So it's not that, folks, I don't. This, you know, it's like I Kenny Omega is a nice dude. Jericho's pretty cool. Um, if you're asking, you know, like how they were in person, I've only met Jericho, and that was years ago when he was with WWE. Uh, Omega, I met during WrestleMania weekend at, um, in New Orleans. Very nice dude. Um, you know, Kenny's been around for a very long while since 2004, and AEW tonight. It's kind of – I don't know if it's an ode to split something up with them, but I what I – or an ode to WWE doing WrestleMania in two nights uh, because they kind of had to do it because there's no audience. And like I told you in previous shows, yes, I am extremely critical of both AEW and WWE, but there's reasons for that, like – AEW could have a much better women's division. Their stories finally are coinciding with one another, and they're not all over the fucking joint like they were to begin with. Um, the fact that they're utilizing the Good Brothers and thinking, not like, <clears throat> well, using the Bullet Club moniker. It's always up in the air. 
time to respond to more messages. This is pretty cool. I'm being serious. You know, it's great. I have so many handing me notes, and, and the results will be live after AEW goes off the air because if you type in results, I think a lot of podcasts are covering it. A lot of prominent, you know, blogs are covering AEW's New Year's Smash. But, okay, so <laughs> both companies have done New Year's events with title of New Year's, New Year's Evil, New Year's Smash. Um one in particular match that pissed me the fuck off was Raquel Gonzalez, Rhea Ripley. Was it the fact that Rhea's going to main roster? We don't know yet. I mean, honestly, she may be sent back down to NXT, like, um, ooh, I don't know, Mercedes Martinez, which I don't, I'm not understanding why she got sent back down. To some extent, I do understand if uh, the big cheese, the head honcho, the main man in charge ain't happy with you. That you would go back down. Anyways, I digress. So, comparing and contrasting New Year's Evil versus New Year's Smash. Both were in two nights. No, NXT did theirs in one night. AEW did theirs in two specials. So, December 24th was a prelude. December 30th was the beginning before New Year's. And then now, January 13th. So, they spread it out. They came up with stories. He had to shuffle stuff around after uh, John Huber's death or Brody Lee. It's been, you know, it's very, I love how I can find, you know, comparisons and and contrast to what AEW and WWE has been doing. It's not that I dislike or favor one or the other. It's just... When I take notes, mental notes, that is, it's not to disrespect either company. It's to personally observe and just point out shit. So there's a difference. Let me see how much time I've got before I can actually go on this fucking rant and rave. You know, it's not on one of my tangents. No, 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 no. Ladies and gentlemen, the following content has several expletives involving F-bombs, saying the word bitch. I'm not going to, you know, go into detail what I... Actually, let me just do the disclaimer this way, all right? Ladies and gentlemen, the following content features expletives not suitable for minors under the age of 18. <clears throat> if your child repeats what I say, boy, are they fucked. I cannot guarantee that you will not, as an audience member of this show, will not come out the same. You will also probably get offended by most of what I say, and you'll probably get annoyed by the raining F-bombs because shit, man. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Anyone using the phrase off the rails uncensored will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law and fined $45, which will automatically be deposited into my account. Anyways, enough of the psychobabble, enough of the legal psychobabble, babble. Allow me to illuminate the entire fucking situations that are 
complete crap. <clears throat> my inboxes are flooding. That's why I had to put my phone on vibrate. Not so much Instagram now. It's Facebook. Anyhow, I get distracted. Monkeys in the truck. It's my music. <laughs>
landed on thumbtacks. Are you going to get right up after you land on thumbtacks? No. You're going to sit your happy little ass on that mat like Mick Foley and like so many others have, like Randy Orton, and you're going to fucking sell it. Otherwise, you know, the conversation runs like this. She's a good wrestler, and I bet you, I bet you a lot of the veterans in the back looked at that match and said, gee, you know, if she did that to me, I would, you know, I would keep a professional away from everyone else and say, hey, can we talk? Why didn't you sell my move? Or why, you know, after you took this, and you're like, well, she had to win because Rhea Ripley may or may not be being called up to Maine, which is code for she is going up to Maine. And continue the rivalry with Charlotte Flair, but that would mean Rhea would have to be an instant heel. Which doesn't, you know, it's not a bother, but back to the whole Raquel Gonzalez thing. It's not just her. She's not the only one that has been heavy onto the whole, you know, if, if, if they give you a big move, make sure you make it believable enough just to get up and, you know, go on about your business. I'm not sure how that conversation would work between that, but I'm not so sure that's how the dialogue would sound either. But the point is, if you're a worker and you take a larger-than-life move or a move that's supposed to be devastating that involves an object that ain't nailed to the fucking floor, please, first and foremost, sell said move. Do not oversell it. Just fucking sell it. It ain't fucking eBay. This is not Amazon, but if you're taking a clothesline and you get up, that's fine because you're bumping, you're getting up, and you are taking a basic clothesline. <clears throat> so many things play, in, you know, come into play when you're in a wrestling ring. And you're working somebody that's the caliber of Rhea Ripley, and I'm pretty sure she and Raquel are laughing her ass. They're la- they're laughing their asses off because they're like, "What is this dude talking about? We can get along completely." Well, that's personal, but my thing is, it's not you know the personal relationship that makes the match. It's look okay. I'll give you an example of a good seller. In ring would be Rob Van Dam. When he takes a DDT, all right, <clears throat> he plants his hands on the mat, just does a fucking flip, makes it look like he's teetering in the air for a brief minute, and then boom. So to me, that thing, if I was his opponent, out of respect, that Rob Van Dam is selling his opponent's move because that makes him look very strong and makes him also very valuable because then he can work with anyone. There's certain there are certain workers or certain wrestlers that I've come across over the years and watched. Like Ricky the Dragon Steamboat when I was a kid. And then that progressed into me liking Randy Savage matches. Hogan, not so much. I mean he did have Sting, he did have a lot of guys on his resume. Vader, King Kong Bundy, Andre the Giant, Legend Killer? No, you got a giant killer in Hogan. 
Anyways, point being, the individuals that I just listed off, they, in their day, knew how to sell. The wrestlers now, like Spencer was saying, kick out of a Canadian destroyer after taking one from the top rope. Are you fucking kidding me? A Canadian destroyer is basically a flip pile driver. And you're telling me you can kick out at two after taking it off the rope. I can see why a Canadian Destroyer would not be a finish to some promoters. But I'm just trying to really, really think this through about how to word it and structure this. If you don't sell yourself, you know, if you don't sell a move or two or three or four, then your match has been complete, or completely null and void in my opinion. You're giving an audience what they want. They home more match. I want to see more of the match. Are you serious? I would not know. Like I said, how Raquel Gonzalez is. I don't care about the personal, my man. What I really care about is can these people put on a decent show? Can they give us the match that we've been looking forward to. And then you get to watch Raquel Gonzalez versus Rhea Ripley. No. And she, you know, they're trying to build her into the next alpha female. Fine. I don't mind. What I do mind is, you know, if she's in the ring with someone else and she knows all shit, it's going to get brought to the attention to the back. Enough, you know, there's certain workers that kick out at two nowadays, you know, in NXT after taking the finish. And all I have to say is, it's like, yeah. AEW Knowingly, and this is going to be tonight, they put Darby Allen versus Brian Cage. It's an obvious mismatch, but it's probably one you'll never forget. It's kind of very, it's structured very similarly to WrestleMania, but they're going to say, no, we have actual talent. Really, because where were you a year back? Actually, yeah, 2020. The Royal Rumble is coming up, folks, and I don't know who's qualified to be in the Rumble. Maybe they might have qualifying matches for a certain number, but since we're on the subject of Royal Rumble, is going to not be allowing audience members to come to the show. Within reason, yes, because there's over 22 million people now that have been confirmed with COVID. There's one thing I know. Wrestling, if there's a rivalry, the company's going to copy the concept, turn around and say, we did it better. 
New Year's Smash. I don't know why they couldn't add Bash. So that you know, the concept for WrestleMania 36 was to be two nights, but theirs would have to be back and back because it's a uh, WrestleMania, right? So, anyways, folks. Oh yes, when a company mirrors their rival, it's not uncommon in professional wrestling. It just gets very annoying. If you're trying to take a concept and turn it into from a salzier into a, a silk purse, AEW at least has taken heed to the warning if you don't keep the same story or walking. Also, on that note, whenever wrestling, you know, was WCW versus WWE versus ECW and all the other territories, um, it's easy to sit there and get complacent and comfortable. AEW is trying to do a good job of including stories that are just going to make fans go, wow, this content isn't that bad. Not that it's a bad concept, but my gosh, the Bullet Club, you know, giving the two sweet symbol and then being the hell in a Moxley, like, Minus Omega, you basically essentially have a WWE reunion. Not by choice, but maybe by accident. I don't know. I find it hilarious that without AJ Styles, they should have capitalized on it when they were in WWE. So the tag team vision could not be considered fucking boring or redundant when you need it right now. Again... It's difficult not to point out the fallacies and the fuck-ups, especially, you know, AEWs and NXTs and various other places. So, it's easy to copy and paste. And you do the smart thing by going two weeks out and not going on air. But if memory serves me correctly, that's the second concept you think you could have fucking gotten away with and not be noticed by fans. They're like, well, two nights in a row was WWE. We did it two weeks out. Like, because you needed to plan a fucking story that bad? I'm just, I'm not saying that that's what the case is, but what I'm telling you is, is that AEW essentially copies and pastes because who's going to fucking notice? Cynics like me, smarks, <laughs> marks. You know, AEW did two night special. It's like, does everyone have in their brother's mother have to use the word New Year's? Yes, because the new year, it's 2021, even though it fucking still feels like 2020 extended. Some instances. There. MO is not to copy their <clears throat> their main opponent or competition, I should say. Yet here they are in 2021 already, you know, having a success with New Year's Smash. I don't dislike AEW, and like Moxley said, you want your competition to be at their best. 
I don't know <clears throat> what the whole deal is, you know, with wrestling rivals go at one another, whether or not they purposely copy the concept and say, hey, if you did it this way, we can do it this way. I don't want to be a part of that, man. In wrestling, if you want to be taken seriously, I would go to a training school that are out in Paulsboro, I believe. Yep, Paulsboro. Well, this is going to be a segue through the advertisements. Speaking of which, if you think if you've been thinking about investing in yourself and becoming a professional wrestler, you can do so by hopping on your smartphones, your iPads, your desktops, any form of technology, and typing in www.monsterfactory.org. Do not call the office. Simply, you know, you can call, leave a voicemail on the phone number. I'm pretty sure that Danny Cage, the owner, the operator, and head trainer, and Monster Factory will definitely help you. Sorry, I blanked out there. I was just reading some questions here and there, and some of them, some of you have decided to politicize everything again when I told you not to. Anyways, AEW is copying and pasting of literal content that was from WWE a few years back when it was Charlotte. Becky, I forget who you know participated in the third one. I don't think it was Asuka. I do not believe it was Ronda Rousey. Yep. When there was a rivalry going on, Shayna Baszler took it upon herself to fight said someone. I don't know if he you know, noticed Shayna Baszler that Becky day before Survivor Series. Remember? So yes. Copying and pasting exists. You just got to learn to get past it. Otherwise, you're going to be irritated, my man. You're like, well, I just saw it on the shelf. And uh... Totally random sentence brought to you by Crazy Incorporated. We're straight jackets in the new end. Sorry, folks. I'm a bit tired. We had an average of one hour of sleep per day. What happens when you stress out. Anyways. There's a lot of copying and pasting going on, and it kind of, is it bothersome? Does it affect my life? No. But it tells you how the inner workings go for, you know, creating concepts, making new stories. They aren't copying and pasting the stories because obviously the Good Brothers, Omega, and there are those that like Jericho and those that like Rhodes. I've never had any issues with any of them. I'm just saying... Wrestling gets copied, you know, the concepts from one company to another get copied and pasted. It's how well the talent puts it out. And that's just my humble opinion on that. And I'm not going to talk around in circles like I normally do, but I am going to say the following. Keep us entertained. We love you. Thank you for distracting every single last one of us uh, from going insane and doing stupid shit. So, that being said, if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, then I got three choice words for you. 
Forget about it. Toodle bitches. I got to go to sleep. My head's hurting all kinds of bad, man. Oh, I'm sorry. We're still on air. <laughs> all right. Toodle bitches. Take it.